One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 121 of the Syrupcast. The Syrupcast, for those who don't know, is a podcast devoted to the week that was in Canadian tech and telecom news. Today is May 18th, the day after Google I.O. And it just so happens that most of today we'll be talking about Google I.O. Um, I'm joined this week by Young Bradley. How are you, sir? Pretty good, thank you. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Round two. Round two. Back and better than ever. Uh, that, of course, is the voice of Rose Gold Bihar. How Hello. are you? I am, as always, fantastic. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, Old Reliable. I'm good. How are you, Igor? Good. I can't see you due to the seating arrangement. I'm, I'm not actually here. I'm recording from another planet or something. Yes, I, I feel like you're recording from BlackBerry Central, or sorry, BlackBerry Central Waterloo, because today is Key One launch day slash pre-order day. Or, or from inside a Nintendo Switch. That, of course, of course. Um, yeah, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, Google I.O., what did everyone think? Um, I think it was probably a bit more interesting than last year. Mm-hmm. At least there were more announcements, even if they were very small. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness we did not see another chat app. Yeah, so the two big ones for, I guess, Canadian, uh, and you guys can, if, if I forget something... Obviously, Google Home coming to Canada and also Andrew Pay coming to Canada. Did I miss anything, Pat? Uh, I think those are the two big ones in the context of Canada. But did they mm-hmm. did they actually make the uh, Android Pay coming to Canada announcement during the, the keynote? It was, it was after, not, right? It was, it was revealed after okay. during one of the subsequent cool, cool. Um, I was just developer presentations. Yeah. Good, good to clarify, of but, course. But I, I would say those are the two biggest things. I mean, for me, the, the announcement that I was most hyped about was uh google home i've been waiting for it to come to canada for a while Mm -hmm. we don't have any uh iot uh voice activated assistants that are officially available here echo hasn't come yet so Mm -hmm. uh it's cool to see google to uh be the first company to care about canada Mm -hmm. i mean there were some other announcements that people didn't care about as much but that were kind of cool to my mind like a google daydream standalone headset um, which obviously means you, you don't have to use a phone or a PC to have it work. Mm-hmm. I know you're kind of into VR. Brad, what did you think of that? Uh, that was a big one for me uh, because obviously one of the big challenges with VR is the technical limitations with it in the sense that you need platforms, like you said, to work off of like a higher end PC or even in the case of PSVR, you need about a $400 PlayStation 4. So uh, I think the the idea that Google's working with these companies to do separate ones uh, that are standalone from, that don't need to be tethered to these uh, platforms is a good thing. I agree with Brad too. I mean, I'm somewhat into VR still as well, not, not as much as I used to be, mm-hmm. but I I think that this is probably the right move for Daydream because I think to some extent this is Google admitting 
that their initial concept for Daydream maybe didn't pan out exactly how they wanted. Like Rose, Rose and I have talked about this a bunch of times. Um, there's very few Daydream certified smartphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, offhand, like there's the Axon 5, correct? Axon 7. 7, sorry, Axon 7. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there is the Moto Z. The Moto Z. Or as uh, I like to say, Moto Z. Yeah, yes, Moto, Moto Z, Z, of course, to, to keep it Canadian. And then the, the, there's the Pixel and the Pixel XL. Um, right. And then they announced, uh, Google announced during I.O. that uh, the S8 as yep. well as the S8 Plus and whatever LG's next phone is Probably going to be. The V30. The V30 yeah. will also be Daydream certified. But that that's not a lot of devices, right? Yep. And those no. are very high-end devices. Maybe we'll see more Daydream certified phones in the future. But I think Google kind of realizes that maybe this... Uh, VR, AR headset, not AR, VR headset powered by a phone thing isn't the way to get more of yeah. these, these I, devices in people's um, homes. It just seemed like the support wasn't there at all for de- mm-hmm. for the Daydream platform. Like that, that seems to me to be the most conceivable reason for why it wasn't working because we saw phones with the correct specifications that just weren't there yet. So perhaps there was some hesitation on the point of the, of the actual OEMs to join daydream like the g6 yeah why is that not daydream certified well why do you choose uh brad and pat why do you suspect that was why did we not see more phones get daydream certified i i i don't really know i mean i think daydream is a good platform it's probably the best low-end vr platform um i think for some companies vr is just not a priority they know that it's not going to help them ship phones so they concentrated on other other features that are more important to them mm-hmm. and more important to consumers right now um i still think vr is going to be a big thing but it's not like we're talking like five ten years from now right it's not it's not something that's going to suddenly explode and help you ship 10 more million phones that's a that's a really good point i think mm-hmm. you know oems always say over and over again like what we're seeing is that people still want a better camera so the camera is the focus yeah. or mm-hmm. battery life is the focus um but vr is such an emerging technology it's not quite there yet i mean i guess you kind of can go back to the idea of like well you know it, it will be eventually and it'll be huge and you want to make sure your phone is future-proofed um, because maybe consumers don't know what they want. By then, we'll but have the the Galaxy S10. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Or eleven or twelve, right? Yes. Until then, it could be a good idea to just have to break it out and be standalone and earn the money that you can from the VR community mm-hmm. and um and and not have to worry about integrating into phones mm-hmm. or looking for those partnerships. I, I think the key with these standalone headsets, building off of what Rose said and what Brad was saying too, is price. Like, uh, I think if these come in and they're 300 or 400, probably less would be preferable. But if they hit that price range, then it's quite possible that people might might pick them up and, and give VR, VR a try. I, I think having a headset that is powered by either a PC or a PS4 or even just a phone adds this barrier uh, to entry that a lot of VR manufacturers maybe didn't foresee Mm -hmm. um, and that this may get rid of that. I I really do think that standalone headsets are the key to to VR's future and to it actually becoming this thing that people think it might be. So slightly shifting gears, um, announcement I really found interesting was that you know, we've had, we last week we talked a lot about uh, Amazon Show and all the other uh, assistants and this week at IO, Google kind of had a really res- interesting response to that, which was, why create another like assistant with a screen when you have so many screens in your life already, right? Like use the screen, 
uh, the ubiquitous screens that are, you know, that's in your pocket or one that is in your living room. What did you guys take on that? Because I think that was kind of the most interest, one of the more interesting announcements that to come out yesterday. Yeah, I think Google Assistant had a big I.O. yesterday. And I think a lot of the announcements sort of led me to believe that it's sort of poised better than anybody else to dominate the AI space. Uh, in mm-hmm. particular, there was the announcement that um, actions will now work for both Android and iOS phones as well. So developers who are developing an action, or as you might call it with a Amazon Alexa skill, that sort of thing, um, for the home can also rest assured that it will work through mobile as well. And who wouldn't want to develop for that? I, I'm quite sure that we'll see um, the library of Google Actions coming to meet Amazon Alexa very soon, maybe even within the year. So, uh, Brad, what do you take of uh, uh, Assistant coming to the iPhone? Uh, I think that's a, a good decision. Uh they didn't spend too much time talking about it, which I think was good. Like most things. <laughs> yeah, it was good to kind of just get that out there, yeah. uh, mention it. Um, of course, it won't be as robust as like what Siri has mm-hmm. to offer, but I think it's uh, a nice alternative uh, to have on iPhone, you know, give more options. Do you mean I won't be able to say, Siri, please launch Google Assistant? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me, Brad? I mean, it is. It's sort of ridiculous how lame it's going to be on the iPhone in a way, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that's the only reason that Apple sort of allowed it to be is because it's not going to be useful. There's no deep integrations with the phone, so you can't even say, you know, hey Google Assistant, set me alarm for this yeah. and that kind of stuff. That that is mm-hmm. what makes the Google Assistant handy on say a Pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite limited. It's still cool that it's there. Um, yeah, I mean. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect Apple to allow an app like that on their platform. So it's it's nice to see the company being like a little more open with helping their competitors, sort of, but not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pat, another thing that Google revealed was the uh, VPS uh, visual positioning service, and that I think struck me as one of their more interesting like moonshots. Uh, what was your take on that? I think it's a cool idea. It's one of those things that I need to sort of see in person yeah. and see how it's actually going to work before I'm I'm on board with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely one of the the more interesting announcements. Is it is it going to work with the standalone headsets? Was that part of? No, it it works with the Tango phones, which was going to lead into another question. Oh, okay. Uh, so the Tango phones, uh, if you haven't been following along, and you know I don't blame you because there's not been a lot happening there. Uh, the Tango phones, it's kind of an augmented reality smartphone. It has three uh, phones. There's a depth sensing, there's a, re- a regular uh, camera, and then there's, um, uh, I forget what the third camera does. You'll have to excuse me. But together, they work together to, you know, let the camera or the phone interact with actual th- uh, 3D space. Uh, so what this does is Google kind of compared it to GPS, except inside, and uh, basically, the, you can point your camera in, let's say, a department store or museum, and Google will overlay kind of a mask, an augmented reality mask that directs you to points of interest. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, we'll have to see where Tango goes. I mean, Rose, did you get a sense that this is we're going to start seeing more activity there? I, I, I think that... AR is uh, an incredibly ripe area for innovation, and I think mm-hmm. we will see a lot more there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so far, you know, the Lenovo's first Tango phone said it was coming to Canada. It didn't make it to Canada. <laughs> didn't it, um, didn't it, it the, come and then they removed it? Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think few people did get it in Canada and then they removed <laughs> yeah, it. That's awesome. Um, and we'll have to see about the Asus, uh, was it Zenfone AR, right? Yeah, and that um, was actually announced before this. Event. <laughs> I, right. And it just flew under everyone's radar. But I do think the AR space is incredibly rich and will be very intriguing mm-hmm. for people to follow. Um, my my opinion is always that AR will probably merge with VR or take over VR in terms of what mm-hmm. will be the leading dominant technology there in terms mixed of reality or or uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, your friends Microsoft and... wants to call it mixed reality. For me, uh, going on to the VPS, um, as someone who's worked in retail many years, just mm-hmm. the thinking of the practical applications of it uh kind of like what they're saying it'll lead you to the door uh like google maps or whatever will lead you to the door and yep. then the vps will bring you to exactly where you want to go so just thinking of all the times i've seen customers you know where where do i find this or whatever they don't have to wait for an associate to help them the vps in theory anyways could direct them exactly to where they need to go mm-hmm. so from the retail space and other stores like that uh i think that's a really interesting an exciting mm-hmm. uh, idea that could really help. Mm-hmm. Brad, you know customers. They're so annoying. They're just going to come up to you anyway and be like, <laughs> yeah. hey, this VPS thing isn't working. You're from Best Buy. You know how to work this, don't you? How do I use my Tango phone? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, moving to bigger picture, what was kind of, in your opinion, uh, and I'd like to hear from all three of you, um, what did you think of kind of the vision that Google kind of iterated at I.O., which was, very much like we're past we've moved past a mobile first world we're now in an ai first world first of all do you do you think that's in a sense true uh and if so like what was your take on that i think for me to keep it as succinct as possible uh google sees its future as um being a mixed reality company as well as an ai uh company Mm -hmm. Um, those are the two major takeaways like the the two things that the massive impression that they left uh from the keynote on me anyways Mm -hmm. yeah it's very clear that ai is hugely important to them it's been clear just uh last week at microsoft build conference that ai is really important to microsoft it's a sort of the thing that everybody is fighting towards right now Mm -hmm. um and they had some of those you know that was one of the few things that they did announce uh new for android o a lot of the stuff that they showed were were things that we already knew about but uh there was also tensorflow Lite, which is like a mobile version of their of tensorflow which is their their open source library of machine learning Mm -hmm. um just to make it more accessible to mobile and to open that up and um i think that uh, with AI, it's really important that that open source mentality continues, and that why, why do you say that? So that that everybody, like much like net neutrality, everybody is on even ground when mm-hmm. it comes to the the machine learning and the neural networks that they can play with and work with, and uh, all of the massive amounts of data that you need to train a neural network is accessible to all mm-hmm. um, because otherwise then we will see just these huge companies just sort of dominating in a maybe scary way mm-hmm. right uh, before uh, letting you speak brad i just wanted to add to that like i think it's also important from kind of a standpoint of like an ai is not by its very nature 
neutral, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it is very much a product of the person who helped build it, right? And I think it's important to open source that so different people are building these AIs so that it's not just, you know, Silicon Valley are, guys. Are yep. you describing Tay? <laughs> yes, 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 I am. Okay, I just wanted to check. Uh, Brad, sorry, I didn't let you do. Uh, oh, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think back to, I think it was last week or the week before, uh, mm-hmm. not to shamelessly self-promote, but I did a story on how Canadians, uh, the majority of them don't really know what AI is. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's true for other countries as well. Uh, so I think the idea that uh, it was very AI focused and rather than kind of swamping you with all this technical jargon, they kind of showed you uh, in small cases and then larger ones as well, how the AI can help. Like in cases like the the guy had pictures with his daughters and mm-hmm. sent that to his wife and how the AI, uh, all mm-hmm. the tech there would read and figure out which of the two that the wife would want to see, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think showing examples like that of how AI works uh, in applications like that is a good thing to Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. To kind of spread the word for what AI really is. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, again, don't really seem to be fully aware of what it actually is. Uh, And a follow-up question for you, uh, Rose. Um, Obviously, you were at Build for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked uh, with you over Skype last week. That's right, Um, live from the scene. Live from the scene. So... Of the two companies, you've seen now Google, uh, both Google and Microsoft uh, declared their positions on AI. Which of the two do you think is better positioned to kind of lead in what is the next, I guess, technological revolution? I think Google has a strong head start. Mm -hmm. Um, It just has access to more data, more information, and more parts of their customers' lives. Uh, The products are sort of more far-reaching and and Microsoft just has, you know, mostly uh, has it has its hooks into enterprise, um, and and so they are able to collect data through that, but not through people's personal lives um, as much anyway. And I know Microsoft when I when I was speaking with with one person from Microsoft, they were saying that that was you know that was what was going to keep them honest and since they also don't have any strong advertising business as strong as as google's is Mm -hmm. that would also put them in a position to be uh, have more integrity but um i I think i think google has a a much stronger head start and probably will lead in Mm -hmm. in the technology respect right so interestingly uh and leading this into a question for pat um you know we saw google announce assistant for ios but we also saw microsoft you know they're kind of the pitch that they ended uh build was with or excuse me they ended build with was that you know we'll play nice with all your devices specifically the iphone and that's now interesting leading into wwc pat which you're going to be covering for us what like what do you see as apple's kind of position in this ai space now when clearly its two main competitors are like it seems they're doing this in part because Apple doesn't have a position. 
<laughs> or uh, a at least a very weak one. Yeah, I mean, last year they opened Siri up to, to third-party um, app developers uh, to sort of try to expand what Siri is capable of doing. Mm -hmm. I still think Siri's a little bit behind Google Assistant, even Alexa. Um, I, I've never actually used Cortana very much, so I don't I don't know much about uh, what Cortana is capable of. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I expect. Apple to sort of continue on, on the same path as last year's WWDC when I was covering it. I do think we'll see a standalone Siri device of, of some sort, similar to Google Home. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like or if the focus is going to be more on um, the voice-activated assistant side of Siri or if they're going to try to go the, the Alexa, Amazon Echo route where it's going to be the, the center of your, um, the, the center of your like IoT internet-connected home. But I definitely do see I, I do think that apple started down this ai route just like its competitors maybe not as strongly it's still focused very much on devices um because that's where it makes its money mm -hmm. but I, I do see this this pivot within apple as well towards towards ai and uh voice activated assistance and you don't think that there's any indication with them sort of opening the the walled garden a little bit that they are doubting their ability to to get there <sighs> doubting it um I think there's been a massive shift in, in Apple, the way that Apple operates over the last couple of years. I don't know if it's doubt or them just realizing that having a completely walled off garden maybe doesn't always yield the best results. Uh, maybe putting the occasional yeah. crack in that walled off garden helps yeah. helps innovation yeah. and, and helps um, them create things. Because I think for Siri, for instance, was ahead of like everything. Uh, that was Truly, out at the yeah. time, mm -hmm. and then everybody else caught up with it, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, especially for AI, having an openness uh, is so important, and that's why Amazon Alexa is so popular. Yeah. It's because of the because skills, it's because it's open to third-party developers. So I, I guess so. you're right, yeah. I, I think that that was definitely the case. Apple kind of realized, I probably even wrote about this at some point, Apple realized that they needed help to make Siri um, be more competitive again. Well, what's interesting, I think, about Siri now that I look back at it is that typically, you know, the kind of the thorough line that you see with Apple is that they're last of the party, right? But the one to kind of run away with all the cake. Yeah, um, every time. Every time. But with Siri, they were the first to the party in some ways, right? Yeah, uh, that's true. And they got no cake. And they got no cake because everyone's done it since better. Right, the uh -huh. cake is also a lie. The cake is also a lie, as <laughs> yeah, they, it usually is. They have a storied history of like. There's so many examples of it. I won't even go through them. Of them buying a small startup that's doing something cool, um, mm. and then taking that idea, uh, sort of adding it to one of their products, putting their own little spin on it, adding this like apple polish and sheen, um, and then sort of to an extent pretending that it was an original idea. And I think that's what pisses a lot of people off. Um, mm -hmm. But Often what Apple does with these things is they is they do genuinely make them better. Right. And in the instance of Siri, it was developed by Nuance, which yeah. is a Toronto-based company. Or at Siri's, least Canadian. Siri is the best example. Yeah. Um, so uh, we haven't talked about too much about Android O. So mm -hmm. um, the first thing I want everyone's opinion on is, and starting with you, Brad, the blob is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a if tragedy. You if you don't know, uh, Google reportedly spent 18 months redesigning its emojis. Uh, Actually, 18 months? 18 really? months. Yes, 18 months. How do you get a job as like the person at Google that redesigns emojis? Um, 
I don't know. Maybe that's a that's a feature that you know that will win you the uh, Pulitzer in technology. Oh man, I'm gonna write that. Um, write it. Yeah. So, um, yay or nay? Are you sad for the death of the uh, blob, Brad? Uh, in all honesty, um, uh, I'm not really sad. Okay, that's the wrong answer, but it's okay. Uh, I, was, I was explaining to Dean yesterday what the blob emojis were because he had never right. heard that term before. Yeah, the term yeah. is a little confusing. It means rather than the face, like we, when the you're circular. on a, the circular face of a smiley uh, that you might see on iOS, you're seeing these kind of blobular figures with like the faces, but sometimes they also have arms and they're just little blob dudes. I will mm-hmm. note that when I told Dean what they were, he was devastated. There's like the, one single tear came out I, of his yeah. eye. I would just like to say that I'm not just sad, I'm furious. And I thought the blob oh. emoji were so like lovable in their derpiness. They're so cute. And I really hoped that everybody, I wish that everybody could see what I see when I use my blob emojis. And mm-hmm. now that that is, you know, further from, the, it's it's a dead dream. That's never going to happen. It's mm-hmm. only these sort of ugly little smiley faces. Um, I just want a world where everything is more cute, not mm-hmm. less cute. Mm-hmm. So I'm super angry about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, though, um, what were your takes on kind of the Android announcements? I know a lot of it is stuff that we kind of heard of before, right? Like, uh, yes. yeah. Some the one kind of interesting thing that stood out to me was they said you know Android's going to be faster now, um, yep. or the boot time, anyways. The app performance will be better. Yeah, which is something that they often um, promise for a of new course. version. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it is that like they had a big focus on vitals this is going to work better than it has before it's going to be more energy efficient we're not the apps running in the background which is an issue with android for sure um will be uh you know that we'll make sure that they don't drain battery in the background when they're not being used Mm -hmm. um that kind of good stuff is really really welcome and i've seen other tech journalists say um if this is just an iterative update, but it makes my Pixel work way better, then I'll be happy. So um, I, I totally agree. Other than that, there was that focus on AI through the new TensorFlow Lite, and I think that's something we'll see in the background. Mm-hmm. And then just a bunch of things that we'd already seen, like notification badges and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and like, you know, yeah, just kind of the smaller, smaller things. It, it's not a big update. Um, you know, I doubt that we'll see many more big features come out before it's released, but right. it looks so nice. I guess the question, uh, and it'd be great if everyone contributed, was, you know, where does Android go from here? Uh, in terms of the operating system itself? Does, does it magically fuse with another operating system oh. and get called after a color? I don't know. <laughs> yes, it could become fuchsia. Um yeah, I mean, I think I would like to see more more of a cla- uh, cross-platform focus for Android in the future, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I think that's the way that everything is heading towards, is it's not just going to be on the mobile phone. You know, people are want to use the same apps across all of their different devices. Mm-hmm. So I could uh, see that, and I would like to see that. It's going to turn into a desktop <laughs> system. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think... Well, what, where would you like to see it specifically, right? To kind of make it less abstract. I think Android's reached a level of maturity now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you put Android toe-to-toe with iOS, they're pretty comparable platforms with pretty uh, comparable features as well. 
Mm-hmm. There's there's obviously stark differences in, in some respects, um, especially the closed garden, open mm-hmm. zoo nature of Android mm-hmm. to a certain extent. <laughs> open zoo, I like that. Um, but I guess what I would like to see is Android becoming a little more stable because I think that's one of the, the, the things that kind of separates Android from iOS. Um, though the last few iOS updates have been a little bit of a mess as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I find iOS a slightly more stable platform than I, Android. I mm-hmm. agree, but I think that's part of the open zoo thing. If yeah. you want like new changes and you want want it to be dynamic, it's very hard to it's true. make it a stable I want everything, platform. and I want them, I want them to just true. make it happen. Yeah, that's fair. Brad? Uh, I think, yeah, kind of what Rose was saying uh looking at android uh as a larger platform not just on mobile kind of taking that but microsoft always likes to say the two-in-one approach uh and just kind of applying android to uh different platforms i think would be really cool to see mm-hmm. so uh shout out starting with you brad uh i will give a shout out to injustice 2 uh i've been playing that quite a bit uh really love the first game it's nice to see something DC related that's actually well told, unlike their movies. Oh, oh, oh sick burn. Sick burns. I saw Bro. that you were hanging out with Ed Boon too. Yeah, nice guy. Nice. Uh, he likes coming to Toronto apparently, so it's pretty cool. Cool. Um, I guess my shout out is I mean, we're always talking about consumer technology. And we uh, probably don't think of it, but we actually have a privilege in being able to use a lot of this consumer technology um, because we have the use of our able, like our, our bodies and our hands to use touch screens. And um, that, that's not the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I was just writing about Tecla, which is a Toronto-based company, uh, that they've made a device that sort of bridges that divide between the differently abled user in their touch screen and now they just come out with a second version that also helps that user connect to all of these different smart home devices which is obviously amazing if you're um, in a wheelchair and, and otherwise you wouldn't be able to access that tech technology because um, you know this digital world should be putting everybody on a more even footing uh, so I just want to shout out to Tecla love it uh, what's uh, what's on the switch hour slash switch minute? <laughs> you, you knew exactly what I was going to talk about. Um, so uh, in this edition of Patrick talking about something related to the Nintendo Switch uh, today, or actually I guess it was last night during the uh, Nintendo Direct that I didn't watch because I was too tired from I.O. Um, Nintendo revealed that there will soon be pink and green Switch controllers, but not just pink and green, neon pink and green. Ooh, mm-hmm. I which, love it. Which I'm pretty, pretty pretty hyped about i would totally pick these up because i think they look pretty cool but we, we need to create a change.org because unfortunately they're only going to launch in europe and japan and this is an egregious problem and i think that it needs to change very soon come on nintendo so canada. i want everybody all of our listeners to tweet nintendo of canada and say that you want the neon pink and green switch controllers yeah they are gorgeous this is an important cause that you it need is. to support the yeah. Joy-Con and the Pro Controller. Yeah, and the Pro Controller. Sorry, good, good. I'm glad Brad's here to correct my error. There, there's, there's the Joy-Cons as well as the Pro Controller, which is one of my favorite controllers ever released for a video game console. Um, uh, my sh- shout out goes to um, Chris Cornell, who I found out sadly this yeah. morning passed away. Um, one of the first concerts I went with one of my best friends at the time uh, was an Audio Slave concert. This was back in like 2006. Uh, and I remember just being in the ACC 
uh, and just the whole experience of it being overwhelming. And uh, I had listened to, you know, obviously Chris Cornell uh, when he was with Soundgarden. I mean, not at the time because I was way too young. Uh, but it was, you know, one of the, along with Kurt Cobain, kind of the two artists that I really loved uh, when I was a teenager. And so when to find out that he had passed away way too young yeah. uh, was just really tough. Great so rest musician. in peace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but on that note, uh, let's keep it positive. It is the uh, the long weekend. Um, so I hope you, you and yours really enjoy and have a great long weekend, uh, whatever you're doing in whatever part of the country. Uh, and again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Rose, where can people find us? They can find us at Mobile Syrup on YouTube and at Mobile Syrup on Twitter and at Mobile Syrup <laughs> on Instagram and um, probably some other platforms that I'm not thinking of as well. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke. And I'm going to spell my last name this this week just, okay. just to make sure. So it's O-R-O-U-R-K-E. Oh, yeah. Also, my personal Twitter is at Rose Bahar. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Brad Schenker. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Igor Bonifacic, and uh, that's I-G-O-R-B-O-N-I-F-A-C-I-C. Hey, you have a last name that's hard to spell, too. Yeah. Really, Mine? really hard. I didn't think of that. No, no, no. Uh, oh, Igor, I'm, I'm looking through you at Igor. Yeah. You're kind of in the way of him. I realize I, that. I now. wish we had video this week so that you could see our interesting setup this week. It's a fun one. It's like we're at a deli counter. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. Uh, on that note, please enjoy your deli and your long weekend. Have a good one, everyone. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 